This is good. This is the highlight of our week. Let's just remember that. All right. Hello and welcome to the Professor and Barney podcast featuring Nick and Tom. Switch that around this week. Don't know if you noticed. Yeah, Nick nice. In front. Um, how is everybody doing? We're doing well. I'm doing well anyway. I uh, yeah. just just stay positive, Professor. Good, yeah. good. Tommy, you just put on a bit of water weight, but I mean that's all right. That's going to happen in isolation, mate. Yeah, I know. Mm, Nick, how's the uh, shaky aisles treating you? Mentally unstable. That's what I'm at at the moment. Right. Really? Yeah, we just don't know what's happening um, from now on. It's we, we just it, The whole nation's a bit concerned. Um, we've just announced a new all-black captain. Oh. So, oh. Right. Oh. Okay. We're not too sure what's, <laughs> what's going Trying times in New Zealand. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> Sam Kane. So oh, really, yeah. Oh yeah, he's sugar. one of the good ones. Sugar cane, mate. He's one of the great. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Sugar Cane. Citizen, <laughs> citizen. <laughs> Do all your captains have to have the word cane in them? <laughs> yeah, because of, of cricket. See what I did there? Oh yes, oh, I like it. Yes, oh, like, look at this multi-sport, multi-sport podcast, and he's showing it right at the start. Yeah, it's hard, right. it's hard when you get to netball though. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Susie Kane is um, she's doing pretty well. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the, into the podcast proper now. Um, Tommy, as we like to do each week, shall we start off with a little five star review? We do encourage our listeners to leave five star reviews and write whatever the hell they want. Um, and it's, we're learning week after week that um, they're getting more and more creative, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, this guy's really gone the extra mile. And yeah, as you said, I do encourage people to leave a leave a review, whether it be good or bad. Um, just don't bring my mum into it. Um, but oh, this you've one, done it now, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, mate, they are. You've opened it to the trolls there, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, What's your mum's name so they can at least put her name in? Uh, yeah. Sandra Sully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is from Peter Beatoff. <laughs> Classic oh, funny yeah. name, mate. Um, It's called Full Runnings. Um, Just want to start by saying the Muppet who wrote last week's review needs to pull his head in. He hasn't done anything good recently apart from resigning from his job, not saying I don't agree with him though. So the guy last week was supposedly Toddy Greenberg. Toddy Greenberg. Yeah. Uh, To be honest, I haven't seen four blokes more out of their depth since the movie Cool Runnings. I'm fairly sure Tommy has been has based his look off the coach, Irv Blitzer. You're essentially a young John Candy in a tuxedo. <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> Just like the Jamaican bobsled team, you'll never win gold medal for your crawl to the finish line type of podcast, but you're still rated five stars, which is better than the Joe Rogan experience's lousy, lousy four and a half stars. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's podcast time, full runnings. Oh, I've got a sneaking suspicion that Peter Beatoff might be the same person as Toddy Greenberg. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, quitting jobs, I feel like there's a guy writing reviews who hasn't got much else to do. Maybe maybe they're uh, stood down during this crisis. Yeah, I've got a feeling. It does have a point, though, because... That's how, James, you found us all in different parts of um, podcasting worlds. I, I was obviously, um, you know, very hot on the 100-meter podcast, um, and you thought, <laughs> hey, 
we, we need that kind of skill and effort yeah. in this this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, Barney, um, I'm not too sure what the other... Billy Cart cl- Driver. I was a yeah, Billy Cart Driver. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. On the Billy Cart yeah, Driving Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I had my own Tupperware podcast, which was going gangbusters. <laughs> it was. What was it called, <laughs> Tommy? Um, seal it, don't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's very good. Well, check out my podcast, my Billy Cart podcast, Billy's with Barney. And, oh, uh, that's right. So yeah. I get a lot of weird comments. <laughs> got a weird. Lot of you weird had conjunctivitis every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Now, but, uh, Tommy, you've brought us a wonderful topic this week. My goodness yes. me, you've excelled. You have absolutely five-star review for you, good sir. Um, in the light of essentially, what do we got? In the light of essentially, I thought this week um, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, I'm actually going to... I'm going to do the old 4x100 and just throw the baton off yeah. to my uh, little furry friend, Nicholas, <laughs> from across the Dutch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Nick, uh, what is in, what's that Hang in the on. light so of you haven't century? done your... This is it. This is all you do all week. And now you've got Nick to do your job. No, well, the funny thing is, I know my background looks the same and everything looks the same, but I haven't had time this week. I'm actually on holiday. <laughs> it's a party shirt, so... I've been having my ties and just hanging out. And I, and I just want to say very quickly, Tommy, um, listen, I know a couple of weeks ago you fired Romeo, but um, that's really helped out me and my working such a uh, situation. Tommy's actually taken me on as uh, as one of his minions. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Nick's now official job title is the In the Light Guy. Uh... <laughs> so in the light of... Uh, I hope I'm doing this justice, Tommy. In the light of uh, UFC 249 coming back this weekend, one of the first sports to come back uh, through this COVID-19 crisis, we're going to do the most brutal sports. Now, if you're not familiar with UFC or if you're not a fan of UFC, it's one of the greatest... um, It's basically the ultimate fighting championship. It's the greatest sport known to man. And this weekend's card is, boy, it's a big one. It's Ferguson versus Gaethje. And obviously you guys are big fans. It was supposed to be Ferguson versus Khabib. But due to visa issues and Khabib being stuck in Russia... They had to put mm. a last-minute effort in, and boy, this is a great this is a great replacement, guys. It's a hell of a card. It's a stacked card. Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz, another uh, bantamweight championship bout underneath. Wow. The big one, though, is you know Francis Ngannou versus uh, Rosenstroik. That's just two ah, heavyweights. Ah, oh, the striker. That's <laughs> uh, just always two heavyweights. Always back a guy called Francis in a fight. Oh, <laughs> He's had to fight yeah. his whole life. He's had to defend himself in in a lot of schoolyards. If mm. you um, if you want to, yeah, hope I, I might even try and find it for you guys and play it here. But uh, Google Francis Ngannou versus Alistair Overeem and watch that oh. knockout. Now and, uh, that's two good names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I picture Alistair. Alistair's mum in the in his corner. Alistair, no. You think Alistair. Alistair's the bad bit? What yeah. about having a surname over it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sorry, I stopped listening to Alistair. I missed that whole good point. Oh, God. Uh, so a, Nick, I've got to ask straight away because yes. I don't get it. I see yes. UFC, I turn it off. I, mm. I mean, I because it just to me looks like people just trying to kill each other. Mm. Is that basically what it is? Because well, I don't get when they're on the ground and they're kneeing like into the skull and there's blood going everywhere. 
Like, why doesn't the ref step in? I don't, they've I don't changed understand. that rule. They've changed that rule, James. Um, so oh, <laughs> basically, uh, now you're if you've got a hand or a knee on the ground, you're not allowed to knee them in the face. But otherwise, go for it. <laughs> go, go, go Mate, for glory. I would, I would go out there with both hands and knees on. I'd crawl into the room. There's no way you're kneeing me in the head. It's a funny sport in that it splits people. You either yeah. love it or you hate it. And because there's, yeah. there's a guy at work, um, Ben Jones, who I know listens mm. to this podcast. He's he one loves of our it. bosses. Yeah. He on his wall, because he's a big UFC guy, mm. he has it's a piece greatest. of the mat that's got the blood that was splattered. What's the fight, Nick? You Nate know. Diaz versus um, uh, Jorge Masvidal, the BMF title. Yes. Mm. So he, he's now got this and basically blood framed and on his wall in his office at Fox Sports. And and then well, he found out that there was another guy that worked upstairs, um, Ben Damon, is it, Barney? Yep. Who, and he, he also got sent a part of the mat. He was upset because he didn't have as much blood mm. on, on the mat that he got sent. And then they fought each other for the better part of mat. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But they did uh, foxy boxing, which was weird. Mm, I thought yeah. they'd do UFC, whereas they just on the bikini. Size. It was boxer size, it was. Yeah. It was Tybo. Um, I'm, I'm going to say to you though, James, there's no sport on this weekend. <clears throat> if you, This is an amazing card. Like uh, All jokes aside, this is the, a stacked card. Like Every single fight, even on the prelims, is a, an amazing fight. Um, if you can't watch this weekend, and if you're not on board after this, then yeah, it's not for you. But I will say, if, if that's not your viewing, I mean, great racing at Durban on Saturday. Oh, here we go. Oh, Races five through nine. So here's the other thing, Tommy. I've got to ask you this. Horse racing, right? I've got a lot of mates that are into horse racing. Yeah. And they'll always say to me, oh, mate, that was an amazing race. Or, oh, we've got to get trackside. The next race is amazing. It's all group one or something. Yeah. To me, I'm watching every horse race looks exactly the same. Every horse looks the same. Yeah, I mean, to a, sorry, to an amateur eye like yours, it, it would be. Um, but it's it's one of those ones where, yeah, you know you know the horses in there. Like, I've got a little black book where it's like an automatic black book where you've got, like, horses that have done well for me in the past and they, they pop up and they go, they're racing this week in, like... Yeah, but hang on, so they actually look at it. It doesn't look any different. Oh, no. I mean, oh, you, can, right. you can tell, a, you can tell a, a Group 1 horse compared to, a like, a handicap horse or whatever. Like, if there's a there's a huge difference in, like, size and athleticism and stuff of the horse. But, no, to the untrained eye, you're 100% I, right. Professor, can I just jump in here? Um, there's two sports currently that our work is still broadcasting, oh, and God. you've just panned them both. Can we, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'll be honest, and I'll probably get hated for it online. I don't get either of them. Can I, also... I basically, I've always said I love every sport except for hockey. How often do I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, because there's no, there's no stronger word than love because you can't <laughs> describe how much you love hockey. It's the greatest sport there is. Just as uh, just as going back to, to what Tommy was saying before, though, it's a very interesting thing that you've got it in a black book, Tommy. I'd imagine when the uh, people coming around, sweeping around and looking through that black book and then seeing Miss Daisy, she's a goer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the one what, that's... What is he meant? This must have t- been a really crowded, uh, really crowded rendezvous. He's got it 10 to 1. Yeah, the one 10 that, on 1. Oh, and also the fact, the fact, the fact the, in, the insincere that you're measuring them by hands. <laughs> <laughs> She's eight hands. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh, wow. 
Oh, uh, God. Okay. All right, that's very good. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks for clearing those two sports up. You... My, our pleasure. Yeah, so in the light of... Uh, so the podcast uh, today is in the light of um, the most brutal sports. So Ooh. let's all come to the table with what we think is the most brutal sports. And we've, we've kind of... There is... A, a, what would you call it? There is an appendage to this in that uh, it's got to be a current sport. Oh, yes. yes. Something... Um, that is currently taking place mm. as opposed well, to, you know, ones that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like rugby union. So you yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's going to be a, a short podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> you picked, of course you picked rugby union. Oh, spoiler alert. And Nick, you're going last. So people are going to turn off now. Thanks for that. <laughs> Barney, lead yes. us off like you do so well. With pleasure. Uh, okay, so first off, I do need to give a an honourable mention. This was hard for me to um, decide. I was thinking about the most brutal sports I've ever played. Obviously, hockey. But you guys, we all know how brutal that is. There's no need. I didn't want to scare you, Professor. I know you get very intimidated. Um, so the most brutal sport I've ever played, though, was... Uh, I don't know if you guys have played it. Water polo. Tommy, you've played a bit of water polo? Yes, never I played- did. I basically got roped hey, into Hey, playing. Tommy, just so you know, this isn't polo and there's a bit of water on the ground. <laughs> yeah. This no, is no, I've played polo during the wet. <laughs> no, a very I, rainy day. Yeah. I'm 100% aware of that. Uh, unless this polo was a game with a whole bunch of South African men wearing funny hats on their heads. Yeah. Mm. Drunks, then, yeah, no, no horses were there. Why were they all South African? I went to school. I played in South when I was in. Went to school in South Africa. Okay, like, here we I go. Played it. Oh, sorry you to know, interrupt, Barney. As we all did. When were you in school in South Africa? Uh, when I was seventeen, I did a I did a year over in South Africa uh, at school, and I For played what? water polo with the the Bloemfontein ball grabbers. Uh, <laughs> state champs. Now, <laughs> Tommy, you've spoken to us about this before. You were there. Were you, Correct. And mm. you learned a language when you were there. Yeah, Ngosa. Say it again. Let go. The language is called Ngosa. And can you speak <laughs> some of it? What Mate, you... you can't just make up noises and yeah. claim it's a language. What are you saying? Uh, just basically all the swear words. That's all I learned. <laughs> Mate, yeah, you know we're big in that community in South mm. Africa. So yeah, I'm going to well, I'm gonna have to bleep all of that out. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> mainly, mainly because whenever our internet buffers, that's just what we sound like. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> seriously. All right, seriously. Barney, sorry, on you go. Water polo. Yeah, we got sidetracked by... Um, so oh, just a quick one um, here, Professor. Water polo is basically, if you've never played it, it's like trying to play uh, European handball uh, while drowning and being indecently assaulted. It is... But can I just stop you there, Barney? You've never played European handball? No! <laughs> I, love you, I love how your linking sport was even more obscure than the sport you're talking about. Mate, European handball is a gun sport. It's a, it's, can you, it's can like, you do me a favour, Barney, and yep. just play a sport that everybody plays? Mate, European handball is a great sport. Anyway, let's get on to, let's get okay. on to my main sport, shall yeah. we? Speaking of obscure sports, the game I've, uh, I've picked as my uh, most brutal sport is a game, uh, well, it's probably played... It's limited in where it's played. It's played in one city. Uh, Surprise, surprise. uh, (laughs) Basically one week a year. It's in the third week of June every year. What is it? In Florence. It's called uh, Calcio Storico or Florentine football. Um, Basically, it's an an 
ancient form of football. Um, only played between four teams. Each team represents one of the major neighbourhoods uh, around the four major churches of Florence. Now, um, Barney, I'm going yes. to ask you when you're doing this, because mm. I'll have a real thing that when people are talking about Italy, certain Italian words you have to do in the Italian accent. It's so the basic, or oh, you want me to list the teams that play? Yes, please. The white team are Santo Spirito. Uh, light blue are Santa Croce. Uh, reds, SM Novella. And uh, ah, the greens are San Giovanni. Ah, mm, just to offend is. all our Italian listeners. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Ciao Andrew, ciao. <laughs> Do you speak Italian, um, Tommy? Oh, I have to because the guy cleans the pool, Roberto, uh, in very broken English. Um, but yeah, so I, I dabble. Um, <laughs> I went. I went to Italy once, Tommy, and um, I was going around saying uh, at the end of uh, all my interactions, I was saying "grazie prego," which apparently you don't do that because what I was doing was I was saying "thank you, you're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. that guy, uh, biggest dickhead <laughs> in town. Yeah, that's what I was fondly known as "all <laughs> El Dico," as they call me. <laughs> Sorry, Barney. Here we go, hey, Barney. Fine, fine. So basically what, what happens with uh, Calcio Storico is they, they get their piazza in front of uh, Santa Croce Church and they, uh, they lay a bunch of sand. <laughs> they make a field that is uh, roughly 80 to 100 metres long, around 40 to 50 metres wide. At the end is a narrow net at each end. That's the goals. Basically then they get 27 players from each side, um, which consists of four goalkeepers, three fullbacks, five halfbacks and 15 forwards right and basically the obviously the the aim is to get the ball into the net at the other end of the field you get uh when you do that uh you get one goal or one catcher um if you <laughs> accidentally get the ball over you throw at the net and it goes over the top the other team get a half catcher which i like that um you know because like aussie AFL. rules you were aussie rules Aussie rules, though, you miss, you get one point instead of oh, you get a yeah. behind. But they knock this is like their the opposition. Own, you, get, you, you get a, yeah, you get a, you get a, a rush behind. Yeah, but no, no, no. But this is this oh, the score goes to the opposition. Oh, okay, so God, if yeah. you miss over you, the, the top, other team, yeah. Mm. So that'd be like if you know you line up for goal in AFL, you miss, the other team gets a point. Um, oh. Interesting, interesting. Uh, that'd work on your uh, the, the AFL always talking about goal kicking accuracy needs to be improved. Possible mm. improvement there. Mm. Um, but the interesting part is basically <laughs> the forwards line up. To start the game, the, the referee throws the ball in. Basically what happens then is the forwards just start beating the living shit out of each other. Um, the aim being they're going to fight and injure each other enough that then the backs can get the ball and they've got enough space to run down and try and throw it in because nothing... Basically there are almost no rules. So the game lasts 50 minutes. There's no half time. You're just playing the whole time. You're locked in this cage. That is brutal cardio. Now, mate, there's no, there's no substitutes. Um, so there's no getting off. There's almost no rules. Punching, kicking, headbutting, elbowing, wrestling are all allowed. The only two things you're not allowed to do are kicks to the head. And uh, all enough. fights Cowards. must be one-on-one. -on -one. So um, 
That's and if you, if you get in a two on one fight, the referee can come around and eject you from the game. They say that any given team, they expect that ten to fifteen of their players will be injured and have to leave due to injury by the end of the fifty minutes. So at the start, it's a lot of just guys fighting in the middle. By the end of it, there's guys running around dirty and you know. It's easier to score goals towards the end. I watched a um, bit of vision. The best thing is the pants that they wear. Oh, yes. Phenomenal. They're well, like they're like the big puffy sort of like MC like, Hammer uh, pants. MC Hammer pants. Or pantaloon type things. They're because it it dates back to the Renaissance. So they're Renaissance style pants, and then they're just shirtless lunatics um, running around. They literally some of the footage. If, talk about going down a YouTube rabbit hole. Uh, some of the footage of the, it is absolutely brutal. You see that, you know, sometimes the paramedics come on and they're stretching a player off. Meanwhile, the game is just going on. Yeah, so it doesn't it. stop for no. injuries, Anything. does it? doesn't stop for Because I saw some vision, anything. I remember there is, it's basically littered with bodies. They look like dead bodies. Yeah. And the paramedics are trying to get to each injury and they're still playing, just running between them. Yeah, you see this. See the little guys running around with the ball and other little guys chasing. And two big guys just sort of almost exhausted, wrestling on the ground, sort of pausing, looking to see where the ball is. Half the time, the forwards aren't even paying attention to the ball. They're just looking to fight each other. Um, so it's a brutal sport. Now, you've got to ask yourself, what are the players doing it for? Well, they don't receive a payment. <laughs> um, so basically, the, the tournament is consists of uh, three matches. So the first two uh, two semi-finals, so two of the teams line up against the other two teams. The winners then play in the grand final, which is on uh, uh, the um, on the feast of San Giovanni, John the Baptist, who's the the city's uh, patron mm. saint. And then the when winner else, of the grand final. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> that seems like the only appropriate day to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what was St John the Baptist about? Kicking ba the shit out of each baptizing. other. Baptizing. Yeah. yeah, he was sick for baptizing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Interestingly, yeah. so it goes back to Roman legionary times. Three popes are have competed. Uh, are believed to have played this. Yeah, Clement, Clement the Sixth, Leo the Eleventh, and Urban the Eighth. Um, uh, you know, Urban was uh, mad, mad. I reckon for Urban the Eighth would have been the best one. I reckon he was. Uh, he was big on his <laughs> UFC wrestling moves. Uh, it was actually the first time that. Uh, that the church uh, was involved in a um, involved in a scandal involving a rear naked choke. So um... <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine the current day popes playing this. Oh, <laughs> this is what I'd love oh. to see. This is how they should pick the next pope. Yeah, that's um, good. The captain of the winning side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love Line them up. See Jean Paul in a bloody rear naked choke. His little red slippers going everywhere. Uh, Calcio Storica, um, check it out on YouTube. It is absolutely excellent, Professor, and it is brutal. Hey, great. Is it on this weekend? Uh, no, last week of June, uh, third weekend of June. So 24th. But you know when San Giovanni's feast day is. Come on. You know. Of course We I all do. come over to yours and have San Giovanni's feast. We all baptise each other and shit. It's awesome. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'll am gonna. i move on. I'm going to do our next bit if everybody's okay with that. Yeah, get into it. Turkish oil wrestling. Have we mm. all seen the Tur Turkish national sport of Turkish oil wrestling? Mm. I have. Um, it's a wonderful sport. It goes. Because normal wrestling's just not homoerotic enough. Mm. Um, let's oil glisten, these blokes boys. up. Some would, call it, <laughs> well, some, some would call it the European handball of wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> just slippery. Bunny. Mm. Same as uh, water polo. No, not water polo. Sorry, your uh, Italian football one. Same as that. Mm. This goes back to very ancient times. Babylon, 
Greco-Roman traditions. They reckon this is about 2000 BC that this started. Wow. Um, and basically what it is, is it's uh, the whole of, there's about 2,800 blokes that get into a field and they all get oiled up. And then the object is you pair off one-on-one. So it goes for days and days and days. And what you've got to do is you've got to, you, you've got to flip the other guy so his belly button is facing the sky. And so as it says in the official Turkish... Also known or- as putting him on his back. Well, I mean, yeah, but you can no, but you can flip him and hold him up. Oh, so yeah. Belly button reaches the sky. You, you, you can clean can and I, jer- you can clean and yeah, jerk you it, can. Some would say. Can I, but like, just float a theory here? Is, do you reckon this is a sport with, you know, you get all these guys in a field oiled up wrestling? Do you reckon this is a sport that started as something else and then one of their wives turned up and went, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, it's oh, it's a sport, love. It's a, well, Barney. Funnily enough. Forever, there was no time limit on the sport, right? So bouts would go for days and days, just these two guys out in a field, just with oil, just wrestling. And then somebody started sort of go, well, this is what I'm guessing, started going, these blokes aren't trying to win. So now it only lasts it's Some 40 Babylonian minutes. guy was like, what do you think? That's and what it is, and I'll, I'll play some vision here. So Bumping the, bellies for 40 each, minutes, that's tough. Yeah, each wrestler, um, each wrestler wears a pair of things called Kispets, which is a type of leather pants that go down to their knees. Black leather pants, they're oiled up. And then the object is, in order to flip them and reveal their umbilicus to the heavens, as it Mm. says in the official Turkish oil wrestling rules, you need to reach into the kispets and grab a hold of the kispet. And then you flip them. So basically, it's these guys out in the field just reaching into each other's pants, grabbing each other's kispets for days and days and days. Um, this sounds like a poultry recipe when you reach into a chicken, you got to try and get the giblets. Yes, it's very similar. Well, I mean, it's, it's actually stipulated in the rules that you can't mess with an opponent's testicles or rectum. Which, what other sports does it actually say in the rules don't mess with genitals or rectums? Uh, yeah, you shouldn't have to write that. None of the ones up. I'm playing anyway. No, field hockey, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a great sport. Get in there, have a look. It's absolutely brutal. Um, it's been going, last year was the 658th running. And of course, Ali Gerbaz defeated Erhan Ukulu. Um, mm. I think I put a 50 on that. Did you? You yeah, would have. Ali, one like, of the great Kisbet grabbers. Yeah, he always has been. It's a good, good bout. Third leg Ten. of your multi, wasn't it, Tommy? Yeah, was it? I, mean, with your, I mean. With your European handball and your uh, Couch Historico. The, the only difference is, is that that third leg to come through took like a week. Because... Um, <laughs> The umbilicus was hard to get to the sky, apparently. Well, he had an innie, which made it harder. <laughs> he had an innie, not an outie. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's much easier. I say more sports involving the umbilicus. That's what yes. I say. <laughs> I agree. Um, all right. Is that, the only, is that the only oil-based sport? Uh, car racing. Car... <laughs> 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 So mine, guys, is <laughs> I've done ice hockey. Ah, uh, the, uh, the real hockey. Uh, the real hockey. Right. Or as Barney has written in the rundown, James is doing, oh, sorry, Tom is doing ice dancing with a hockey puck. Um, <laughs> That's what it is. So, so yeah, I'm going to torble and dang the shit out of this. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing ice hockey. Um, 
one of my favorite sports. I think it's a very underrated sport in the scheme of like the big four in, in North America. Um, mm. But it's also, it's played in a lot of parts of Europe. Like the, the, the Scandinavian countries are very big on it. The Russians are very big on it. Um, a lot, of, a lot of places where there's very cold winters very, coming. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and a lot of them stem from the, the fact that lakes free, the lakes are frozen over. And there's a great, there's a great movie where there's this ta- one of the first ice hockey teams ever were from this town in Montreal that mm. started playing because the lake fr- froze over. Ah, uh, yes, Mighty yeah. Ducks. Yes. Mighty yeah. Ducks, quack, yeah. quack. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the game that there's been a lot of there's there's a lot of talk about how hockey is is tied to violence and where the the violence sort of stems from. And there was a, a gentleman uh, who did a guy called Adam Gopnik who wrote an article for the New York Times. Uh, sort of trying to find where where the violence in, in hockey came from, and he believes it comes from the uh, like the, in Montreal where hockey ice hockey was created. He um he found that it was it was ethnic different ethnic groups within the one the one city were versus so they had the French so you had the fleur de lis, uh, the English the roses, uh, the Irish the shamrocks and the Victorians which were the the Scots. And they all, because they're the four, they're the four flowers that are found on the the Montreal flag, oh, right. and, and they all played each other, and that's where the 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 hatred came from, and that's why it's one of the few sports where actually, um, the referees or the umpires will dro- let let players drop gloves and just beat the shit out of each other. Can and I? I don't um... know if you've ever watched a fist fight in ice hockey. It's one of the great things yeah. to watch. Everything stops. Okay. So I've broken ice hockey down into five reasons why I think it's the the most brutal sport. As I just mentioned then, the fighting. I mean, Mm. in what sport can the referee stop the game at any point when two individuals were looking like they're shaping up to hit each other and the fight only stops when either one of them has their head pinned to the ground or the other one has mounted the back of of the opponent. And I'm what? Like, is there a lot of you that imagine, is brutal. A lot can, of I was like, can you imagine boxing but on ice it's not, ice skating is not a thing someone can just do for the first time and be really crash hot at. Like it's you have like the witch's hat and you're like shuffling along the ice. Like imagine being <laughs> the penguin. out of so yeah. yeah, exactly. The choice of having either to either have your head pinned on the ground or being <laughs> mounted to finish, I'd just drop to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> totally. Just pin me, mate. <laughs> totally. Um, but the, there's others, there's like there's there's attackers and defensemen in ice hockey, and generally the defensemen are the guys that are the enforcers. Um, and there's normally one or two in a team that are the guys who start the fights. They're the guys who, if someone gets checked in a bad way, they'll drop gloves and hit the guy that checked. And they're called ringers. Yeah. Um, and to, a few of the most famous ringers in in NHL history is a guy called Stan Jonathan. Uh, he was in the era of, in the '80s in the Big Bad Bruins, the Boston Bruins team. He had tw- tw- he 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 only scored four goals in his seven year career, but he had two seasons in a row where he had twenty plus fights in a season. Yeah, right. So he was just he literally was in the team just to beat the crap out of people. I, I uh, like that as a statistic. Um, <laughs> you know, you've had four assists, twenty seven you know defensive plays, and twenty fights. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like yeah, we're we're gonna sign him up because you know that's there's some good stats there. Mate, was, have you seen his assaults with actual bodily harm? They're through the roof. Get this guy signed. There was a Finnish guy called Ty Domi who had 3,515 minutes 
in his career in the penalty box. So you know when they when they do it, they have to sit down for two or three minutes. He had three thousand five hundred fifteen. He's only five foot six as well. Yeah, You're a right. little, little Finnish guy that liked to brawl. Hey, that's yeah. that's five nine on skates though. Yeah, you gotta remember yeah. that. <laughs> However, my favourite, and if you're watching this, I'm uh, roll the I'm going to roll the vision in of uh, this probably one of my favourite fights in hockey history. Seventy nine, big bad Bruins at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. It didn't just stop on the ice. The Bruins fans were getting hammered by the New York New York Rangers fans. They climbed into the crowd and they proceeded, as you can see, to beat the crap out of spectators. Um, they were they, and then they all they got uh, the guy that I can't remember his name. I think his name is McCabe. He um he got banned for life because uh, he fractured the jaw of a spectator. Um, but it's just, you think it's hard to fight on skates on ice? Yeah, <laughs> on skates off ice. That's oh, even harder. Yeah. Yeah. Climbing up a grandstand. Yeah, no, yeah. like climbing it's insane. Climbing um, over seats, those folded ones as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, it flipped up. You can hit with any part of the body. Uh, I found that like body checks, you can either smash them into the glass or you can smash them into the ice. And everybody knows that ice is a relatively hard surface to it hit. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, there was 559 physician-diagnosed regular season concussions last year in ice hockey. And that was only second to uh, the NFL that had, uh, they believe they had over 1,500 physician-diagnosed uh, concussions. So are they doing anything to change it, Tommy, like the other sports are? Are they? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, they, they, I, you know. I, I, no, they're not. Like literally, yeah. I've never seen. No. I've never seen a sport that's like the helmets that they wear, are yeah. like five times smaller than a bloody cricket helmet. Yeah. And these guys, well, these guys are Tommy. getting hit from behind. They're like, they're not. You don't even have to be looking the right direction. Like this, <laughs> like there's vision I've got here of like, of side checks where they the guys facing the other way. Like, yeah. and the guys hit him square in the middle of the back. It, Cooper Cronk would do four backflips and cry to the ref before like he would like you know what i mean yeah these guys are these guys are getting back up and playing well interestingly too tommy when they brought the helmet law in uh, in the nhl if you were already playing in the nhl before the law you didn't actually have to wear the helmet you could no. still continue playing without a helmet no in the 70s there's there's only two bits of uh equipment that are optional a, a cup or a box and a helmet like they've now made that that in the 70s and 80s the helmets were optional like wow. they didn't even have to wear a helmet. Oh, it was like going on and facing the spinners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my other, I've got two you more. Go out there with your little baggy green on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there's another put, point. Put that your makes helmet this behind the net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you hit it, it's five goals. Um, my my another one. I mean, any sp name a sport where you've got two weapons attached to your feet. Uh, I, there have been, there's, there's a specific case I want to bring up. Water uh, skiing. You know what? Water skiing's good. <laughs> yeah. What about Japanese sword shoe fighting? Yeah, yeah. That's good, Barney. They're not knives. Yeah. Um, Shooting. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but like unintentional weapons. Uh, there's a case, in the case of Buffalo Sabres oh, yeah, right. goaltender Clint Malachuk. Uh, he was versing the St. Louis Blues, yes. and this is in 1990. And he was he was hit in the throat by an opponent's oh. skate, and he severed his carotid artery. And the vision that I I don't know whether or not it is appropriate to play. Oh wow! But yeah, maybe you, just listen to the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. 
The can vision you... you see him grab his throat and blood just squirts all over the ice. And hey, Tom, Tommy, for the podcast listeners, can you reenact that through sound effects? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and well, then, was he electrocuted as well, Tommy? Yeah, it sounds a lot like eating a lobster. Um, it's, and then is that the, a euphemism? Yeah, you'd know, mate. You'd know. <laughs> and then the the trainer comes on, and the only way he the only way he um, stops it is he plugs plugs the artery, and he saved, he lost three pints of blood on the ice. Yeah, right. And Did he only, finish the game? No, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but but he had hundred internal stitches, three hundred external stitches, and he played ten games later. He was uh, back on the ice ten two, games later. They because the ice fro- the blood froze on the ice. They were able to scrape it up, defrost <laughs> yeah. it, put it back yeah. anyway. Perfect. Perfect. Fine, didn't even need a transfusion. I have to yeah. say, the only thing that I think and was funny is he was like, the once I realised that like this could be my death, I felt the warm blood oozing out of my neck. The only thing I could think was, oh my god, this is a nationally televised game, and I don't want to see my, I don't want to, I don't want my mum watching me die. Oh, so all god. he was worried about as he was bleeding out was whether or not his mum was watching. And last but not least, my my final point. That's is, not even your. Okay, good. No, I think, <laughs> I think, I think the f- missing teeth in ice hockey is one of the yeah. great. Yeah. Is one of the great yeah. one of the great parts of the the game. Yeah, there, mate, there's, there's, you like that? You should visit a caravan park in Western Sydney. It is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. mate. There's a lot of ice hockey passage. players. Let me tell you, I've lots, got, of, I've, lots of ice down there. Not a lot yeah. of ice hockey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got about the hockey, but they're big in the ice. <laughs> I've got the vision here of this this guy who plays for the um the Pittsburgh Penguins, a guy called Pascal Dupuy, uh, a great oh. French Canadian. I've um, got his card. He, he gets hit in the face by his own mate's stick, sits on the bench. Pulls two of his teeth out, oh. hands them to uh, the vision I've got, hands them to the trainer, and then gets back out on the doesn't miss a doesn't miss a a, a shift. Um, Brent Burns, one of the great toothless wonders in the NHL, all you know star what? player. Though, he got he got a loony for each of those teeth um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. from the tooth fairy. So the, that's the commentator actually says, news. "I wonder how much he's going to get for those." Um, <laughs> and then Brent Burns, he's like, "I've never worn a mouth guard. The only the only downside with losing all of my teeth." is that I'm a big fan of corn. Um, so, and then there was one guy called Keith Duncan who lost seven teeth in one game. So, I mean, there are some cracking smiles. It's in... a bit of a badge of honour, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive badge of honour. And a lot of them don't even bother getting fake, like, prosthetic teeth. However, three National Hockey League teams have a, an oral surgeon. Uh, an oral oh, yeah, surgeon, they sorry. Like a, like a, what are they called? I thought you had a singing an, an surgeon. An ear doctor. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. An oral surgeon. Is that like yeah. Reiki, Tommy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of them are deaf. Um, a healing voice. <laughs> so, yeah, like they actually have dental chairs in their, in their lockers and stuff for people to get their, their teeth fixed. Wow. Um, they, so used to do, actually, they used to do in like the 70s when people used to lose, no mouth guards, they used to lose heaps of teeth. They used to write them in like a, pa- a paper cup and put him and put him on the edge of the ice, and one of the managers of the Detroit of the De- a guy called Daryl Shooter, who was the manager of the Detroit Red Wings, he used to like rip the names off people's cups and swap people's teeth around, and they try they try to put people's 
other people's teeth back in other people's oh, mouths, and they thought it was a funny practical. Sorry, joke. and when was that in the eighties? In the eighties. Yeah, there was no blood transmitted diseases. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. It was free for all. So Nothing that's ice hockey, and that's why they're all a bunch of nutcases. Well, that's very book. that's very good, Tommy, because if you actually do the maths, because like some people might have uh, kids who've got an overbite, and they're thinking, you know, orthodontist five thousand dollars versus a season in ice, ice hockey. hockey. What's that? Maybe a couple hundred bucks for the gear? Maybe 500 tops? Yeah. Nick, can I ask you a question? I I heard this once, that Dana White, the way he came up with the UFC Mm. was that he was at an ice hockey game Mm. and a fight broke out at one side of the ice and the puck went down the other end, but he noticed that the entire crowd watched Mm. the fight instead of the puck. Is that true? Um, Yeah, I I haven't heard that And so he then, when people don't care about that... Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I think also, that, but also I heard the same thing, and that explains why early UFC fights were on ice rinks. Yes, um, they did right. away with that, obviously, because yeah. bruises were getting healed too quickly by being yes. pinned on the ground. <laughs> gotcha. and, um, yeah, I think also that well, uh, he got ran out of town. The story I heard is that he got ran out of town by the Brooklyn Mafia. Um, who was that guy, Jimmy uh, White? Who was that? The famous. Um, Anyway, there was this there was this mobster and he ran him out of town because um he was into boxing and then he wanted to start up his own organization. So he started up this thing where he wanted to find what the ultimate fighting style was. So he originally it was like you'd have like this big huge sumo wrestler versus some guy in a karate like um uh, outfit and stuff and they used to have wear their own sort of traditional clothes and stuff. So like, like E Honda versus Ken. That's right. Yes. <laughs> original, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. So that See, was now, the original. I would have watched that. Yeah. yeah. Should have stuck with that. Yes. Well, yeah. So if you go back to see UFC 1, you'll see like these big, massive, fat guys with boxing gloves and stuff versus like this little guy who's really good at jiu-jitsu and stuff. And yeah, it, it was that's how it originally started. But then they, yeah, then they decided um, just to make the same uniforms and yeah. With make it beige. Make it beige. <laughs> Can I make one more point about how brutal ice hockey is? No, yes. sorry, mate. Time's I up. mean, when when nope, people nope, 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 when nope. people <laughs> score, mate, when, the internet's not unlimited. All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so brutal that when there's an absolute phenomenon at certain grounds, the whole crowd just start throwing soft toys onto the ice. Yes, I mean, and I've seen the fish hard. as well. Yes. Yeah, they mm. throw fish in Boston, and then I <laughs> mean, in Philadelphia, it's slightly more sort of. They well, throw nine, they throw soft toys. Well, there's yeah. octopuses somewhere as well. Yeah, and, that's and hats. Pardon? Do they throw hats as well? Yeah, they, there's a whole bunch of ones where they throw they throw shit onto the ice if something happens, and then that people have to go sweep. And it might be in the middle of a game. They have yeah. to go sweep around and like clear up like a whole bunch of octopus. <laughs> uh, Tommy, mate, great. Hey, excelled as always. Now, Nicholas. Mm. I know we've already spoiled what your sport is, but mm. bring us Listen, home with a flurry. Guys uh, and girls, I'll take your ice hockey and loss of teeth, and I'll take your European handball with a mix of an Italian game from 3,000 years ago, and I'll mix it all into one ultimate brutal sport, um, and that is uh, of rugby union, ladies and gentlemen. This is the the brutalest sport that has ever um uh, happened in the world. Now, obviously, a lot of you guys know that William Webb Ellis, uh, the Reverend William Webb Ellis, uh, on 24th of November 1806 to 1872, he was an English Anglican clergyman and he invented the game of rugby when he picked up a, um, a ball uh, in the middle of a, a lunchtime game of soccer. 
at the at the school of rugby and uh, a lot of you are thinking yeah did he is he a bit of a dick for ruining that game of football yes on that day and but why also, was the priest in there like when all the little boys were playing soccer? <laughs> Listen, yeah, man. yeah, I mean, wasn't he a student at the time? They are very yeah, true he was, to form. He was a student, became a reverend, I believe. But no one's really cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer your. I prefer that story. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Priest walking past, I'll ruin these kids' game. <laughs> Tackle me, boys! Tackle me! <laughs> And that's why it's a brutal game, ladies and gentlemen, because you can get attacked from any angle. Um, by so... <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, it's, 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 it's called a ruck. Uh, they're rucking me. Yeah. You didn't hear me shout ruck me? Yeah. Now, there's a particular, um, there's a particular um, event that I want to talk about that not many of our listeners might know about. Um, there was, there's a, a legendary uh, player called um, Wayne Buck Shelford. Now, Wayne Buck Shelford, he was the, um, uh, a huge all-black um, uh, player and fantastic man, one of the hardest men to play the game. And uh, this particular game, um, it, was, it was called the Battle of Nantes. Um, which what? <laughs> wow, that sounds brutal. Yeah, <laughs> the Battle of Knobs? No, the, no, no. The nonces, is it? No, it's not Battle of the Nonces, <laughs> <laughs> which was a, a, a less tame affair. Right. Battle of uh, the French uh, uh, town. I'm thinking maybe oh, city. I'm Nance. not too sure. Nance. N a n t e s. Sorry. Battle of Nance. <laughs> and. Um, uh, on that day, William, uh, sorry, not William, uh, Wayne Shelford, Buck, um, he basically um, was in the changing rooms and um, France had been beaten the, the week before in Toulouse. Uh, you know, why, why name a town of, of things that's going to happen to your rugby team? That's what I want to say. <laughs> 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 so, uh, but they went into this uh, to this nonce test, and um, they were like they were like. <laughs> so like... you said you passed your nonce test, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard pass, the test to pass. But he went into the um, he went into the they lined up in the changing sheds. He basically says when they were in the tunnel, uh, he knew that they were on something because um, their eyes were as big as dinner plates. <laughs> and he said the whole French team uh, were on basically um, uh, amphetamines. And later was revealed like uh, in 96, 97, along with the Tour de France sort of scandals and stuff that um, a lot of the French rugby players were, were in around the 80s were, were playing this or, or doing this. And so the, I mean, French... the dead set giveaway was they all had glow sticks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and chopper chubs. Chopper yeah. chubs. And, and, like, and sweatbands. And yeah. Jesus, they went through the water hit? too. And, uh, no, it's and... winter in Toulouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. Yeah. The half, yeah, and they called it the Battle of Unts, 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 um, and uh, so yeah so basically um, uh, around about t- like 20 minutes into the game um, uh, Buck gets um, absolutely hammered 
um, um, by um, one of the and one of the rucks, and he, he loses three teeth in the game. Right, so that's your ice hockey. Okay, he loses three teeth. He carries on. He carries on and keeps playing. Um, just before half time, and this is where it gets. Uh, let's, let's. This is the the reason why it's the brutalest sport ever. Okay, um, just before half time, he's um, he's on the he's on the try line. He's get, he goes to rip the ball. It gets uh, goes to hold up one of the French players. One of the French players comes sprinting in, and then headbutts him straight between the eyes. And Buck Shelford is laid out. It took him two or three minutes to recover, and then um, he's like, "Okay." He goes into the. He's got half time to, to shake it off, right? Then just after half time, ten minutes into the second half, um, he's in the ruck again. He gets booted in the nuts, okay, so hard that I'm going to describe what happened, okay? So listen to this. His scrotum burst open, and he still refused to leave the field. So. <laughs> Is that because he couldn't crawl? So, so what, his nuts were just dangling in the wind. Yes. So uh, oh. he was caught at the bottom of the ruck 20 minutes into the game. Lose, he lost four teeth. He st- sustained a large tear to his scrotum, courtesy of a stray French boot, and he still played on. Um, but, yeah, um, so he found out when he was in the changing room. So he, he was sort of played on. He, he actually got another concussion, and they took him off because he was like, mate, you're going you're gonna to die out here if you keep, keep going out. And as he was getting changed, he pulled down his pants, and the other uh, players in the All Black um, changing room were like, bro... Uh, I don't Speaking think. Speaking of all black, holy <laughs> dooly, <laughs> things are wrong color. You're nuts. Uh, yeah, they sh- I don't think they should be that way around. Um, and uh, yeah, so he basically the most brutal sport in the world, ladies and gentlemen. I, I can take all those other ones. You lose your teeth. Yeah, you get hair concussion. Yeah, but does any any player or any team know of any person? that would have their nuts ripped open and still carry on for the good of the nation of New Zealand. <laughs> oh, wow. I would. He literally gave his left nut for his country. Yeah, that yes. is. I yeah. wouldn't do it against the French. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? If it was South Africa or, or Australia, then maybe, yeah. not the French. So not what was the outcome? Did he, did, he, oh. did he finish the game? Did he no, lose so a he nut? Got ta- they... he, he got taken off. And um, uh, we lost nineteen three. Ah. <laughs> and there was a jazzercise class on the field the next day. The whole class got pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's you know you say that, Tommy, but actually there is, is some there is some truth to that. Um, uh, because <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I, I gotta say, you know, we all know how much it hurts. Like you get a graze on a sporting field, and then you get in the shower, and the hot water yeah. hits the graze, on, like say Ooh. on your shoulder or something. Imagine that one. Imagine oh, ice yeah. bathing that Oof. on the back of the old. Oh yeah, half your scrotums coming out. Yeah, yeah on the fertile um, ground of. Here, here's here's one for you guys, for your sports fans. Would you rather get a ice skate that cuts your larynx or um, your scrotum having, hanging out? Or lose, or lose seven teeth. You know, I much would, like the hockey player, I'd be first thing I'd think is, "Geez, I hope my mum doesn't see this." I would much, ra- I'd much rather have my testicles ruptured than my carotid what? artery being. Well, you're not going to, yeah, you won't die. You just might become a lady. Whereas, yeah. like, or a lady die. Larynx, yeah. <laughs> lady die. Yeah. She, yeah. We know. We know her record in France. Zero one. 
I'm not sure that I'm not sure that tunnel was in Toulouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Someone lost uh, that day, yeah. but <laughs> and a big shout out to the royal family. Yes. Um, Sorry, guys. We know they so, listen. Oh, Nick, lest we forget. <laughs> Very good. That's so. You know what? Go online. Tell us which one of us has mm. picked the most brutal sport. Mm. Um, is it rugby union? Is it ice hockey? Is it the Italian sport? Calciatorico. Calciatorio. Yeah. All very brutal. All give us your own opinion. not Calciatorio. Calciatorio. It's played out of the, the, in front of the church, nicknamed like El Crocho or something. El like Crocho. Calciatorio <laughs> out the front of El Crocho. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, our Twitter person. handle is at Narrow World of Sport OS or our Facebook and our Instagram are at Narrow World of Sports. Any topic ideas, send them to us. Yes, send us topic ideas. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Also, once again, go on, give us a five-star review, put the boot in, say whatever you want. I'm assuming this Toddy Greenberg, Peter Beatoff bloke will probably write another one with another clever name. Yeah. Um, Go for your life, mate. So should I do another one then, yeah? Oh, Nick, (laughs) yes. yes, But change your name again. Yeah, okay, all right. Rayleigh Castle on the Sand or something. Rayleigh Castle. Rayleigh Sandcastle. If you can work out a Peter Volandis. Yeah. Work out a Peter Volandis pun, that'd be great. Maybe like the Peter Valand job. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Peter Valand job. Peter Valand mine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And finally, just recommend us to someone that you know will hate us. Yes. That's our thing. Um, Just say, oh my God, this is the best podcast. You'll love it, Nan. Whatever it is, yeah, you know. And if yeah. you've got someone you think would like it, tell them to recommend it to yes. someone they think would hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So are we trying to build listeners, Barney? Is that how this works? Mate, you know what? If that's a byproduct of getting people to hate it, then uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> Rats ass. All right. Well, I think that sort of covers everything, everybody. Have I missed anything? No, no I think we're done. No. Tommy, oh, what do you oh. got for us next week, mate? Uh... I've, I'm think I'm leaning towards best testicle stories, best yes. testicle ruptures. Hey, that'll oh, damn, female listeners. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick blew it, blew his gasket a little early. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Maybe we can revisit. You can double up, Nick. You can just do it all I again. The whole double potty down. about about people's potties would be good. Very, yeah. very good. All right. Um, thank you very much. We were the Barney and and Professor podcast with a Tom and a Nick in there somewhere. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.